This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Meruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me again, <laughs> I'm running out of names for him. Yeah, I hate on. to go back and continue to reuse them. Um, I don't know. Should J Rod just be the the standard now that uh, our good friend? I don't know. J <laughs> Rod and Shorts Guy are the two that like stand out the most now. In my Shorts brain. guy is like a subtitle. I don't think that's the main <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. J Rod is actually a name, mm-hmm. so that True. seems more appropriate. Yeah, but I don't like that you're so accepting to it. So oh. it makes it more difficult for me to want to call you that. I I could see that. That makes sense. So that's the that's trick. kind of why Shorts guy worked because at first you were very hesitant to it. <laughs> and it kind of, I don't know if you just let your guard down. You're like, oh, I give up. I'm not even going to try to fight it. Or I don't know. Or if you got used to it. There are millions of us, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I am not alone in being short guy. We are all, it's like I, I am Spartacus. We are all short guy. It's you oh. that's the weirdo. So um, we are recording this right before Halloween. And, you know, peek behind the curtain we are recording this intro before our recap episode Mm -hmm. so you're talking about short sky right now and it's killing me to have to wait 30 minutes Mm -hmm. before i can ask you about your little events that you had to see if anybody called you short guy short sky we'll see hang tight i'm on the edge of my seat right now yes we all are um but this episode um we have a special guest on tim anderson hooray um He, we've worked with him um, in the past a few times. Last year, Mm -hmm. we had the Monster Inc. uh, Inktober challenge, or I don't know what you want to call it, where we posted a different inked drawing uh, from a different artist every day last year. He was one of the artists that contributed to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he also was a part of Cute Couples. So we have a little bit of history, um, but this was the first time that I was actually able to it's so weird that like you can't is it technically meeting somebody even though you're not really meeting them sure like, what would you call uh an, an e-meet i think you could say you met him but then when you do meet him face to face that's when you add on the extra we met face to irl yeah yeah IRL. you love irl <laughs> yes i think that's i love that you still giggle every time i say it because it's like a <laughs> it's like some tween girl talking in their uh their it's chat stupid. lingo. <laughs> LOL, Mark. LOL. Um, but yes, he's a nice guy, Tim. So I actually met him IRL. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, you about that. So you actually got to spend time with him. We didn't talk too much about it in the episode, but you, let's see, it was during, um, you went to Epcot for mm-hmm. a signing yep. earlier this year, and he lives in Orlando and works in Orlando. So right. you were able to um, spend an extended amount of time with him more than my little e 
meeting. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Master of One had a meetup there, and those guys were all there. And so we all met at a at a bar there. And, uh, you know, and we were sitting at a table, like at a big table. So it wasn't like you could mingle so much because we were all sitting down. So um, I just came in kind of late and, and sat in an empty chair next to him. And so poor guy, he was stuck with me the whole night. And I just bombarded him with questions about what he does at uh, at Universal which is really interesting yeah. and of course when you're in those kinds of situations you know you can you can ask more questions than we can on air and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um, but really interesting job he talks a little bit about it on here what he can talk about uh, on here um, but yeah kind of an interesting uh, journey for his career I think yeah it, it's definitely you know when you hear art and design or illustration, there are specific jobs that I think the average person would immediately kind of gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. For some reason, you know, theme park design, it, you know, when you hear a story and what he does, it makes so much sense. But I would never like that would never be one of the careers that I would think of when you say, you know, I have a career in art and design or I'm an illustrator. I would never think that, you know, I work at, for a theme park conceptualizing what the the attractions and worlds will look like yeah Um, but it it does sound like a lot of fun definitely nothing i will ever be able to wrap my head around or do any sort of work in that industry um Mm. but tim is a much better artist and illustrator than (laughs) i so he lives uh oh my god and then you'll find out in this episode but he lives a hashtag blessed life in so many different ways he does he does he's got like uh, a he's got this like tv show family it seems so. it's unreal like it's fantastic but, but yeah. for like pop culture nerds mm-hmm. you know i don't think this is like the 50s tv family right this is right, the, right yeah um but anyways um i had a lot of fun getting to chat with him mm-hmm. Hopefully, oh, he'll be at Decon coming That's up soon. That's right. Yeah, so we'll see. So him. that so will there, be a lot of fun. There's your IRL. That's going to happen. There's my IRL. <laughs> um, but for those of you listening, if you live in Southern California or you will be around Southern California area November 16th through 18th, we sure hope you stop by Decon, uh, more specifically Booth 328. That's because right. Because that's where your Squared Co. podcast hosts will be during those days, with the exception of one of us on Friday. Yes. Because Jared will be... Exclusive. (laughs) I got to go do other stuff. I'm very popular. I can't give you my whole weekend. Uh, More on that probably later. Uh, In in the recap, maybe? But first, I do want to say that was a very good transition uh, from... (laughs) from tim into DesireCon, really good nicely done uh yeah so what speaking you, of yeah <laughs> what do you want to say about uh designer is there anything else you want to give away uh, i like, we will be there if you are interested in learning more about our exclusives and booth theme setup blah 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 make sure you listen to the next episode which will we'll get into pretty detailed descriptions of all of the decon fun that will be had at the Jared Mariyama slash Squared Co. booth. Ah, that's nice to put me first. Rightfully so. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm getting very excited. It's alphabetical. If I, if, I, 
if I wasn't so flipping busy, I think I'd be even more excited about it. But like, I am just scrambling to get everything in place before we go. So, uh, but a lot of our friends are going to be there. Uh, so I can't wait. It's going to be a big party, regardless of what happens. Yeah, it's you know this is always a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually it's the only convention that we exhibit at. Uh, but it's yeah, I always have a lot of fun there. It's it's crazy how fast it like it goes by. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I always look forward to it. And is this your a lot of go ahead. This your third year? Is this going to be your yeah, third? So this will be okay. the third. <laughs> wow! And every single year, it's we've literally like doubled in size. So the first yeah. year we split a booth, then right. we got our own booth and now we're doing a booth Double with you. Booth. So it's actually two what, booth spaces, two 10 yeah. by 10 squares that we'll be filling. It's, uh, but at this rate by the next year, we'll have like our own little Island. There. Yeah. You'll be like a Funko. Look out. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> more, more on that in our recap episode. Absolutely. All right, enough rambling. Um, again, this is our episode with Tim Anderson. I don't know where else I'm going to go with that, so have fun with this one. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the Squared Co. Podcast, Mr. Tim Anderson. What's going on, Tim? Hey. Uh, not much. How are you guys doing? This is your first time on the Squared Co. Podcast, but you have actually been a part of some Squared Co. shows in the past, mm. which is very nice. So it's actually, this is the first time I'm, air quotes, face-to-face right. talking <laughs> to you. Uh, so it's very nice to actually put an actual face to your name. Uh, but to start, like we'd like to do, we have a game that's not a game, mm-hmm. and Jared will explain it a little bit further before we start. Consistency, yes. Well, we can still call it a game since we have since the very beginning. Uh, yeah, this is the same thing. Twenty questions. You're gonna pick a number between one and twenty. We're gonna do this five times and just ask you a ridiculous question just see to see what happens. Break the ice. Right. So now, I meant to ask: Is this the same? Is it if I say one number, is it the same question that it was that assigned to that number last time? We tried to. See, we we this, this doesn't work when we have people that actually <laughs> I, listen to the show. I don't remember what's been asked, so okay. I, I'll try. Sure, it's not good. like I'm aiming for the, like the easy questions. We do a random question it's funny though like so we started off doing like i would re like shuffle the list every time but it would somehow yeah. in that process then it would just the come back around to the same get. question so we'll yeah. see we'll okay. just see how it goes so p- give us a number Jared, between. you know what we should do yes. we should do this when they pick a number just pick the question you want to hear them answer <laughs> i'll never know so it's yeah, exactly. it, yeah no one will ever know we'll just say like oh we reshuffled them again so these are your picks I think it's I think it's cute that Mark doesn't think that that's what I do every time already. <laughs> that's very sweet, uh, Mark. Good idea. The, I thought you were the honest one. No. Okay. What? Uh, one through twenty. All right. Uh, Seventeen. Seventeen. Very good. Uh, okay. Actually, what was the last film you saw in the theater? Very easy. Um, I guess that would probably be Ant Man and Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. Did you like it? Oh yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. So I saw it. I took my son to see it, and then I went again to see it with my wife. Oh, so yeah. This yeah, is it's it was, always an interesting question because to me that movie came out 
years ago. Yeah. But I am a crazy like movie going guy or I will go see every movie. Um, so yeah, to me that feels like it came out ages ago, but it really was only like two months. Maybe what a bratty, I think it was July. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But, but we did, we saw it on a, we were on a, uh, this, I'm already off bragging. No, it's not a brag. We were on a Disney cruise a couple (laughs) weeks ago and they were playing it on the cruise ship. So very cool. Oh, that, really? Yeah. Okay. So, so this is, off it, it was kind of late in its run. Yeah. But how was the Disney cruise? Oh man, it was awesome. Have yeah, you, was, was this your first time or have you guys, this is something you second, guys, second, this was our second one. Yeah. We, uh, this time we went up to Quebec city oh. and down to New York and we ended at New York, uh, the day Comic-Con started. So oh, very that's cool. right. Took the long way around to New York. Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta ask. As I've always been interested in doing a cruise like that, but I'm, I have no idea how I would my body would react to, <laughs> you know, the waves and the swaying. Did you notice any? Yeah. like seasickness or well, not not seasickness so much. I definitely you definitely feel it moving, and obviously some people react more than others. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest thing was getting back on land for the first few days. Mm-hmm. I was kind of wobbly really which I hadn't anticipated yeah, yeah. uh I, I, it looked like i was just drunk for the first couple of days because if i stood up too quickly <laughs> my equilibrium was all off it was, it's kind of weird i don't know why that you're just used to rocking i don't know interesting just, yeah yeah that, that's weird i never thought of it as the that part of it being uh, the woozy yeah. part of it so let me this is a question i always want to ask because i hear a lot about these disney cruises uh, and, uh, you know, of course I love Disney. So, but is it just like, uh, packs of children running around and like Lord of the flies <laughs> taking over this cruise boat and, and the parents so, are just hoping to survive or is it more separate? I have to admit, I am a little detached from it because we've taken two and we've left the kids at home both times. So <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I can just completely ignore the kids. Uh, they actually do a really good job of having activities for the kids. Yeah. So we've promised them next time we go they get to come along oh, okay. uh, but they have activities for the kids they have the, you know these sections not only to keep the kids secure but to also keep them out of the adults hair they're mm. just kind of in their own in their own section mm-hmm. um, and it was odd because the cruise we were on I guess they had a lot of vacancies they said they usually have about a thousand kids and this time they were 400 oh so there were even fewer kids than win I will request I that to, one yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not big fans of Quebec City, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's, yeah, that, that wasn't, wasn't bad. That's, uh, I saw, I remember seeing your postings of Quebec City, which looked just like yeah. gorgeous, like old timey, oh, like storybook yeah. villages and stuff. How, that was, uh, how did you decide to go there? Like, I haven't heard anything about that before, but now I want to go. So um, I think they, they only did two itineraries. They did from New York to Quebec City and then another one coming back. Mm. I don't think they've done it before and they haven't announced it again. Mm. So Interesting. Uh, my wife is a Disney cast member and caught wind of it. Um, so we were able to, to book that. And uh, yeah, it was really, it was kind of like, oh, we're going to New York already. My mom came down from Philadelphia to watch the kids. Mm. And so we just asked if she could stay an extra week if we took off a little <laughs> early. So, I mean, it was just kind of the, the pure logistics of that. And it happened to be Quebec City. That's awesome. But All right. Well, that was we'll, really cool. We yeah. will talk about New York Comic Con in just a second. Jared, we'll have to book ours, our cruise. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to bring your kids, Mark? I'll bring my kids. We. We need another Squirtco field trip. Yeah, there you go. All right, another uh, another number between one and twenty. We'll move along here. Uh, Eleven. 
11. Uh, this is kind of a goofy one. This is a controversial question because we always say we're going to remove okay. it. What's your go-to <laughs> drink order? Now, neither Mark or I drink, so this is like a completely <laughs> abstract question for yeah, us. Yeah, so. I, I don't either. So okay. Diet Coke. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a controversial answer as and well because I happen to be a Coke Zero guy. Oh, see, I can go either. Uh, that, that's fine. But Pepsi is not okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Growing up, I actually was a Pepsi. I was really? more into Pepsi. Because of Michael then, Jackson? Or just... Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of what I'm they... You know, every like maybe 10 years or so, they re bring back that Pepsi challenge or yeah. you know, Coke versus Pepsi mm-hmm. yeah. blind taste. When I was in high school, the, I felt like those stations or activations were all over Orange County because mm. um, <clears throat> they had it at the, like our local movie theater. They had them stationed up there and they had them <laughs> at the mall. And when I did the blind test, I always sided with Pepsi. So huh. it, 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 the tricks worked, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm a Pepsi guy. But now <laughs> now I'm a Coke Zero guy. Uh, yeah, see, I think uh, Pepsi was always sweeter, I thought. But that was when I was drinking sort of regular soda. Now, like, I tend to just drink mm-hmm. the diet soda, so everything else yeah. tastes super sweet. But um, we're, did you grow up a Coke, like, family? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know that we ever drew that line in the sand. Yeah. That's just kind of, I, I don't know. I, I just, I can definitely tell the difference. In fact, we were in Quebec City and we were at a place and they, I asked for a Diet Coke and immediately I knew it was a Diet Pepsi. And I, it, the, the city lost, you, it, it slipped down you, a notch for me. A you, pour, you poured the rest of it on your waiter. Yeah. That's what happened. I, I, I mixed it in with my poutine. It was there fine. you go. There you go. Did a big American <laughs> spit take of, like, this is outrageous. Sacre <laughs> bleu. Yeah. All right. We'll move on. That was a terrible one. Uh, let's go. Another number. Another number for me. Uh, let's go Lucky 13. Lucky 13. Uh, if you had to pick one CD to listen to for the rest of your life, uh, what would it be? Again, these are uh, Radiohead OK Computer. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, are you big into Radiohead in general or just that album? Yeah, I am. I, yeah. I, yeah, I like them a lot. And that's my my favorite album. Yeah, uh, I love them. Have you seen them perform? Have you been seeing them live? Years ago. Yeah. yeah, I think it was on their Hail to the Thief tour. So oh, okay. that was a little while ago. Yeah. yeah. Are you Radiohead, Mark? I honestly don't think i can name one song okay there you go (laughs) (laughs) creep you probably know i'm sure if you heard it you would karma police nothing okay uh let's go okay so we got two more two more numbers from you uh all right uh eight number eight uh tell me something in your netflix queue this one seems to come up every single time i think so it could either be something you you've watched or that you're going to watch looking forward to whatever you want Uh, I'll, I'll, what, the first thing that comes to mind is Daredevil season three. We were just watching it before the podcast. My wife's a huge fan, so we've been trying to get uh, get through that season. I make so it sound I, like it's bad. It's actually really good. <laughs> I know. I know that you listen to the podcast. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I feel like there's a trend with all these Netflix series, for me at least, in my opinion, where if I like there's a, if I get into a show, I usually love the first season. Second season mm-hmm. is is okay and then by the third one i fall off um it's already happening for a lot of these marvel series yeah like i loved the first season of pretty much all of the series um Iron Fist. Once- <laughs> 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 but i love uh jessica henwick so that was enough to get me through it 
Um, but yeah, so like, I feel like Daredevil season two was a little bit worse. And now I'm like kind of hesitating to jump on for season two for, I haven't even finished Luke Cage the second season. Yeah. I never got through Defenders. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about my little uh, Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think... So season one of Daredevil, I think, is still the best. I was a huge mm. fan of the that the limited series, the uh, Man Without Fear, the John Romita Jr. series. I don't know if you ever read it in the comics. Mm. And that series one basically followed that. So that was perfect for me. Season two, parts of it were okay. <laughs> As for the other shows, I liked the first season of Jessica Jones. I thought it was really yeah, strong. Yeah, was great. I can't finish the second one. I just can't get through it. Yeah, that was another one I couldn't get through. That either. lost me immediately. I haven't. I haven't gone back for season two of Luke Cage or Iron Fist yet. Just got too busy. I would say season three of Daredevil is better than season two. And for me, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Fisk Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's and great. And so the best episodes in season two were when he shows up for a little bit, and mm-hmm. he's kind of the main bad guy again. again in three. Yeah, so. For me, that brings it back up. Do you guys find that you are more uh, like I'm so busy now, like the minute I start losing interest, I'm like, nope, not going to not going to waste time on this. Like there's so many things you want to watch and like you only have I'm so getting... much time for for TV like yeah. that. And I think like like I, you said, you mentioned your wife and that certainly helps when yeah. the, the other person is into it and they're kind of waiting yeah. for each other. But do you find that you're kind of like more critical and like quick to chop the axe on you know on a show or will you still let it <laughs> run out <laughs> i think if it's something i'm watching by myself so i'll often have i've got always got two monitors mm. and i say the other ones for reference it's usually just for netflix while i'm working on <laughs> yeah. something else but uh so often if it's something i'm watching by myself and i it's just not keeping my interest then yeah i'll i'll ditch it yeah with stuff like daredevil or there are other shows better call saul like there are some shows that like I watch with my wife and like mm-hmm. we carve out time for that. Then yeah. we stick with it. But you, what I don't understand is how anyone, whether you're working or busy or not, how anyone can stay on top of all of these shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like I'll talk to people that say, you know, Oh yeah, I just finished this season or whatever, this series. I'm like, didn't you just finish? I don't know. Another series like yesterday. And they're like, Oh yeah, I did that too. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? I, is this your, your all of your free time dedicated to to binge watching? Netflix it has to be shows? if you're going to watch them all. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, I always insane. think I think because I work freelance, so I'm kind of nonstop working. You know, like you just mm. never have like a set like, oh, I'm home from work and now we'll watch TV. Yeah. So to me, it's always like it's getting later and later. It's like eleven thirty. I'm like, okay, let's try to watch one episode, and then it's like two o'clock in the morning, and then. <laughs> You know, you're you're ruined the next day. So that tends to be like how how my viewing goes. But um, yeah, I don't like even Westworld. I couldn't get into the second season, and I really liked oh, really? the first season. But I don't know if maybe I was just too tired. I should probably give it another shot. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I have to say, I do miss. And you know, there's still series that do it. Uh, Game of Thrones and westworld where it's comes out every week Mm. yeah i miss being able to have that conversation with the like even an acquaintance or somebody you know at work like you can say like oh did you catch the latest Mm -hmm. blah 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 episode that doesn't it's like it doesn't exist anymore because even after these series that do come out every week um, people usually wait to binge it anyway. So exactly, like the, yeah. the trends, you can't have that ongoing conversation 
um, with the world. Like even casual people that you barely know, but know they're into this sort of thing, like at a party or a get together. I remember having those types of conversations, but it's like, you can't have it anymore. Yeah. Well, at least weekly. Everybody's on their own viewing schedule. When it's weekly, though, at least there's sort of a more of a, like a, like that's manageable. Like you can, you know, you can catch one episode or maybe catch it the next day. But when it's all of it, that's hard because then you kind of forget what happened when, and then you're going to ruin it for someone because you're like, oh, well, how far are you? And like that kind of stuff. So. I don't know. It's like you have to do it online now so that you can kind of turn it on and turn it off for people who don't want to see it. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, one more and we're done with this game. Uh, number two. Number two. Okay. So this might this might go hand in hand with the other one. What was your favorite band or singer in high school? Were you all into somebody um, in high school? So, yeah, I was I was waiting to Dave Matthews band. Oh, you were? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you go that's a passionate group did you go to all yeah. the concerts like he tours non-stop i think i think he's done yeah, like yeah yeah no, I, I mean every time they came into they came to philadelphia or the area i mm-hmm. probably went to six or seven shows mm-hmm. in the area yeah uh, I became a fan because I had a friend who was like a super fan. And so like uh-huh. you kind of reluctantly become a fan. Um, <laughs> even went to one of those acoustic shows that he did. That was so difficult oh, nice. to get to. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you have a favorite album? <laughs> um, I think Crash is the one that I really got into yeah. at uh, the time. And then, yeah, that was probably my favorite. Like it, I'll, I'll go back and listen once in a while now. Yeah. Their latest it sounds so like. Uh, the their latest albums aren't as good as the old ones, you know. Right. I think everybody says, <laughs> but but for me, like that's that has the most nostalgia for me, and that might just be because the time. I was in high school. Yes, and, and of yeah, so yeah, it might just be nostalgia. Were you Dave Matthews uh, band Mark at all? I wouldn't think so. But nope, no, probably was not. Mm. You know, I was, I was always like the cool air quotes cool guy <laughs> in school that. Like, if it was on the radio, I was too. It was too cool for me to listen to, so mm. I didn't. Oh yeah, I was one of those guys. Mm. So if I've learned anything from this so far, it's that Mark and I do not have uh, the same taste in music. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I think I think you're we'll gonna, find something in common. That's fine. Yeah, you're you're better. Um, yeah, I was. We were just talking about this though. How I think like uh, like after high school and maybe college. Like suddenly music doesn't get associated for me with time anymore. Like, uh, you know, like high school and college, you can kind of like, oh, yeah, that was that song during that time. And this is how old I was. Like we were just talking about someone like Lady Gaga. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I I have no like ties to when her music came out. I'm like, five years ago, 10 years ago. I don't know. Like (laughs) hit me, baby. One more time turned 20 years old today. Did oh it really? Gosh, yeah. So that's, that's crazy. That, that, so that just screws wow. me up. I'm like, wow, I have no, like, that means nothing oh to gosh. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty, pretty crazy. All right. That was our five questions, uh, Mark. I think we all feel like we know Tim very well now. Uh, <laughs> did you have a question you want to start off with, Mark, or a topic? Um, <clears throat> sort of. So we have, um, so Tim, you, we mentioned that you do a lot of illustrations and poster, um, screen print poster designs, but that's actually like uh, your personal project or something mm-hmm. you do in your free time. 
your your normal person job is <laughs> very very cool and exciting. Um, I don't want to get it wrong, yes. but I know you work on uh, attractions and <laughs> design at theme parks. Beautifully stated. As as I Can't said, it, it, it was already yeah. <laughs> it was already a mess. Oh, that's hilarious! You, you do things at the parks with rides. Mark's sentences have right? some assembly <laughs> required. Just so you know, just put the words together however you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, pieces were there, right? Yeah. They, they were, yes, yeah. So, I, I, and my title has changed as our as our roles have kind of switched around a little bit. But my official title now, I think, is concept designer illustrator. Mm. Uh, so I work for Universal Creative, which is mm-hmm. basically Universal's version of Imagineering, mm-hmm. just without the branding. <laughs> same kind of same kind of role. Yes, and I, I so I'm on the the team. We work mostly on the kind of blue sky phase of a project. So we'll get a, a, an IP or something and we'll explore many, many options at the beginning of the state of, of the development phase. And then uh, I do a lot of artwork for presentations. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll do stuff to kind of get the project greenlit. And then once it's greenlit, they build a team around it and that goes off and then we move on to the next thing. So do so, you, great. does your group service all of the universal parks or how does that work? Like, is it, is it, uh, are they, um, like the Asian parks? Is that run by a different group or are you one big family? So we're based in, or- I'm based in Orlando. I don't know if we mm-hmm. mentioned that in this interview. So most of our focus is on our Orlando stuff, It is, okay. but and we do have a group in Hollywood. We have groups in the, you know, overseas, um, but we do support the overseas parks occasionally and sometimes Hollywood if they have something – if there's something that we're going to be developing at our park and theirs, mm-hmm. then we'll kind of do the early stuff you know, to, to kind of kill two birds with one stone. Right. Uh, so I, I would say 75% of the stuff we do is for here in Orlando mm-hmm. and then there's some stuff that kind of bleeds in from the other parks. Mm-hmm. Are you responsible for concepting an idea and pitching it? Or does somebody else come to you and say, this is what we're trying to build and you illustrate someone else's concept or idea? More often than not, it's the latter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a couple where uh, a couple of things we've, that have come through that have been pretty open-ended and we've had, sh- you know, charrettes where we can, s- everybody just throws out ideas and pitches stuff. And, and that's, that's pretty fun, but it, it is kind of rare. Usually it's, it's top down saying, hey, we bought another animation studio. What can we do with this IP or something like that? <laughs> That's nice. Uh, so now I, I know you, you did the Master of One podcast, uh, which is a great interview. If, if you people haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Oh, uh, it's a nice deep dive into your career. Um, you mentioned on there that you worked on the, um, the Jimmy Kimmel attraction. I mean the Jimmy, um, Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. I'm yeah. sorry. Did you, I've, got, I've got my. <laughs> I'm, right. in, I'm in Disney mode. Jared. Sorry. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Jimmy Fallon attraction. Is that one that you could talk about now, or is it still sort of touching? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, I, I had so little to do with it. I, I storyboarded the first couple scripts that came through, mm-hmm. and so that was that was actually one of my earliest jobs there. That would have been. Let's see, I started in 2014. Okay. It was probably late 2014 when I worked on it. Mm. So again, that was the kind of situation where they they wanted to do something with Jimmy Fallon. They had written some treatments, had me storyboard it so they could show it to the the head of our department, and he mm. could say yes, let's move forward with this. And then it, from there, it was out of my hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So, so maybe we uh, could use that one as like an example. Yeah. And since it's it's back then, uh, we will of course push you for details on everything. But uh, well, sure. that one <laughs> that one's safe. We'll trick you with these easy ones. Okay. Um, so like when they come to you. What, I wonder if you can give us a sense of like, what are they kind of giving you? Like, do you have to do a lot of research on your own? Are they providing like specific research or, or like, how do you even go about concepting something like this? Like, especially yeah. even with uh, an attraction that's so different, right? Like if they said Jurassic Park, mm -hmm. you have a sense of what's going right. on. But with Jimmy yeah. Fallon, it's like, okay, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that is. So can you talk a little bit about how you sort of start with a blank sheet? Yeah. So for that one in particular, they already kind of had a concept in mind. They mm -hmm. wanted to just kind of integrate with some of the gags and bits that he does on his show. And the, the whole idea was that uh, the, the guest is an audience member sitting in the theater and the theater moves. Mm. You know, it, it turns into a race car and you race them. So they already had that concept. And so from there, it was, you know, I, I didn't have to do a whole lot of research. I just had to look up what hashtag the panda looked like. like <laughs> you know, it was like, yes, exactly. it, was, it was pretty pretty straightforward kind of kind of research stuff for that mm -hmm. um there's some ips we work on that are a lot obviously more specific i mean you mentioned jurassic park mm -hmm. that's something they developed years before i got there but that that's one that you know clearly has certain architecture certain design right. elements that that have to come through so it, it really varies project to project how much research and development needs to go into developing those and sometimes it's just taking screen caps from the movie and pacing them together. Mm -hmm. So after the initial pitch and concepting that you do, um, how far into production are you continuing to, to work on these projects? So we break it up into sections. Uh, Blue Sky is the, the, the earliest. And then from there mm -hmm. it goes on to concept and then it goes to schematic. So I'm almost always just in Blue Sky. And so okay. once that phase ends, we kind of have our core team uh, and we handle the stuff in Blue Sky, and then they'll hand it off to a project team where it goes through concept. And occasionally in the other phases, it'll come back to us. They'll say, you know, uh, you know, we realize this other thing changed. We need to take a different look at the marquee, for example. You know, if, mm -hmm. like, I don't have any specific example of that, but if something else has changed in the park and they need to change this marquee, or they, they didn't right. get that cleared by legal because it uses a font thing. Can't get a you know it's just something yeah. silly. It'll come back to us throughout the different phases right. to kind sure. of do that. But uh, so what's the what's the timing look like yeah. from when you start a project and then when it's in the park? So after you finish your initial uh, concepting, is it a matter of years and it's almost like a surprise once you see it in the actual park? Yeah, most of the time that would be the case. So like for Fallon, for example, that I worked on it for maybe two weeks. And then didn't mm -hmm. see anything until it opened mm -hmm. uh, a couple years later. So yeah, it's and then there are some bigger projects that are you know five years out uh, oh, wow. and they kind of bounce around. And then there are some that are uh, when I got there they were months away from opening the King Kong attraction in Orlando, mm -hmm. and I did some sketches for the queue just to design some of the railings and stuff like that. And then that was built within a couple of months. Uh, so that was one of those where they came back to us and said, "Hey, we need to figure this thing out. Could you do some sketches?" Mm -hmm. And so that was, a, you know, from design to completion was a lot faster than than most cases. But generally, yeah, four or five years, maybe. So the Blue Sky wow. Sage is really cool. Like that would be, I think, most like for illustrators or artists, that's like the most exciting part to be on. Because that seems like the rest is, I mean, I'm sure they have development phases all the way through. 
how much mm-hmm. how common is it for you to see what your group has done make it to the final stage does it does it change quite a bit from that or or does uh, does it you know is the thought sort of crystallized at that point when they come to you guys already yeah no it's not crystallized until maybe the week after the attraction opens honestly <laughs> <laughs> so i the, you know i like to say we we get our fingerprints on it at the beginning stages and then they spend the rest of the time wiping our fingerprints away mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. <laughs> there might be some you know broad concepts that like oh i remember when that was part of it but then a, a lot of it is because we're on the blue sky phase we don't have the time to you know deal with all of the Minutia and the logistics that occur when you start building mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff changes then they realize the ground is harder to dig than they thought, you know, things like that, that we can't anticipate. Mm-hmm. And so there are some just logistical things that need to change for practical reasons. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so that wipes away some of the how much of the technology do you have to understand or does it, do they like, don't even worry about that? They'll figure it out themselves or, or do you have to know sort of the restrictions or the capabilities of a certain type of, you know, whatever the ride structure is going to be? Yeah. And that's, that's always a constant tug of war because mm-hmm. sometimes they'll say, Hey, we have this IP, we have this story, come up with what you think would be cool. Mm-hmm. And then we do. And then they come back and they say, well, how, how would you, how would that even work? <laughs> and we say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and sometimes they'll come and they'll say, Hey, we have this ride system. What can we do with it, with this IP? And then we kind of try to fit it into that box. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's constant, you know, it's, it's so, it's a flip of the coin really. Like yeah. what's going to come first, the, the crazy idea or the ride system. And it, it has to, they have to work together, obviously, sure, or sure. else yeah. nothing will happen. Well, if they can make a flying Harry Potter ride, I don't understand why they couldn't do <laughs> anything else. Yeah, they, they really set the bar high with the, the Potter stuff. And that was all before I got there. In fact, my first day at Universal was the day they opened Diagon Alley. Oh, wow. Which has the new Escape from Gringotts and stuff. So that mm-hmm. was my first day. So I, I can't take any credit for that. Uh, so I don't feel like I'm bragging when I say they, they really knocked it out Knocked out of the park. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so for you personally, when you're doing these projects, like, um, again, you can name whatever you want to name or what's safe to name. But um, what is like the uh, fun part of it for you? What is the exciting part for, or, or the part that you enjoy the most uh, within this process? Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I came in, I, I, I was excited about the idea of being able to come up with those crazy ideas for, mm-hmm. for things. And, and then, and I, I don't mean to sound jaded by saying this, but I realized that my role is more of a, an illustrator to put pictures to other people's ideas. Mm. And, that, and that's kind of what it is most of the time. And so in those situations, it's most exciting when I feel like I'm progressing as an illustrator, when I can take that idea and really make it look cool. Cause mm-hmm. there are some ideas that you're just like, there's no way this is going to work. But yeah. if you can sell it, if, if I, if I can be instrumental in, making this crazy idea seem feasible through my illustration, that, that to me is what is most exciting. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of times they come with this, they come to us with ideas pretty fully fleshed out mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and, that, and that can be exciting to have that kind of have a, to have a clear brief where they have this awesome idea and then you can try to help make sure it sees the light of day. If you can depict it in such a way that, you know, the executives like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there is there something I, I want to phrase this right? If you is there a, <laughs> what part of the process do you like the least? Is there something like that you don't like to draw that you're sort of forced to draw? Sometimes, like I mean, for me, it's very simple. Like, <laughs> all it takes is like they're like draw some cars, and I've already like 
in tears. <laughs> but is there Getting any up. is there any yeah. part of it like that for you that you're like, I have to do one of these things? Yeah, uh, storyboarding. I, I just really oh, don't really? like storyboarding. And I don't have a problem. In fact, I've, I haven't had much experience doing cinematic storyboarding. Mm -hmm. But when you're storyboarding for an attraction, it's the backs of heads in your foreground. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like it's, it's a lot of ride POV stuff. Right. Which right. is important to sell that of idea. Course. You want to sell what is the rider experience. I just, I'd like to spend three or four days on one key art piece that I can just mm -hmm. kind of like, mm -hmm. just really get in, get my teeth into and not have a day where I've got to do like 10 storyboards and just crank them out and kind of mm -hmm. that, that's just not as satisfying to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. What a mix of, of work you must <laughs> end up having to yeah. do though. <laughs> do you have a piece that you, you start off in concept and you see it at the park that's like, you know, you can walk by and point to and be like, oh, that's me. Um, just lie. Not yet. Not, it's not still yet. happening. No, I, I would say the closest thing was when uh, they were constructing King Kong, they needed somebody to come up with the construction wall design. Mm -hmm. So they put up these big plywood walls and they usually try to wrap them in some sort of vinyl design yeah. or whatever. And uh, when Kong was going up, they wanted it to look like the the weird stone walls out, you know, on, on the island when they first get there with the skulls in it and yeah. stuff. So I, I had to come up with a uh, eight foot by 16 foot repeatable panel of walls at 300 DPI. I, I almost burned up my computer. But, <laughs> uh, and that they literally just printed out and, and pasted on there. So, I mean, it wasn't cool. a huge creative endeavor, but I hid my kids' names in it real small. So, <laughs> Did yeah, you? So, yeah. Oh, and actually, I got, have a panel of it in my garage when they tore it down. Nice. I, oh, that's so <laughs> cool. So then that's the only thing that's really, uh, I, I had a friend of mine take my picture at the wall. Guests thought I was nuts because this guy getting this picture with a construction under wall. under construction. Yeah. <laughs> but, so that's really the only literal thing I've designed that, that's been up in the, in the park. Hmm. And uh, yeah, everything else that I've really contributed to is still, uh, still, still under happening. wraps. Yeah. <clears throat> So do you have, uh, maybe not just restricted to Universal, but whether through Disney or the other parks that you've been to, do you have a favorite attraction or attraction that you think like, okay, this really covers all the bases and they've done everything really well? Or, you know, you, maybe it is the Harry Potter one we talked about, but is there one out there for you? I, I, th I think my favorite that I've ever been on the whole world is Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. Really? Wow. Yeah. How come? I, uh, I me, mean, like, we all would agree with you, I think, but if you yeah. can elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great example of, uh, you know, kind of vignetted design where everywhere you look, the scene you're supposed to see is highlighted. It's either silhouetted against a dark or a lighter scene behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always a focal point. Everything points to that. You know, just the way the, tr the track layout is, you, you just, you're, you're directed without feeling like you're being manipulated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just fun. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I love Mark Davis's pirate designs. Yep. They're, they're so lively without being uncanny Valley, uh, for the most part. Yeah. Not a big fan of the new redhead. I'll just say that. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, it's just, I don't know. It's just an old classic. And I, I feel like there's so much that can be learned from, from that ride. Do you think that we're sort of, um, we, we've talked about this before, but do you think they will ever do an attraction like that again? Like the pace of that thing is pretty slow. I mean, I agree with everything you've said, but, you know, there's no roller coaster aspect at the end of it. There's a couple of drops maybe. But do you think like that's like a quaint thing that we just won't see ever again? 
honestly, I think most of Disneyland is. And that's why I, I love it for mm-hmm. that. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean here in Orlando is... I, I, this is what I've read. I've never actually timed it, but I believe it's literally half the length mm-hmm. of the Disneyland one. Sure. Because capacity has become such an issue. Right. You've got so many more people coming through. you got to make the ride shorter, fit me more people through per hour. Yeah. And I don't feel like that was ever Walt's concern mm-hmm. when building Disneyland. He, right. he didn't have an, an objective of how many people to fit through. It was just, just make it. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of the impression I get. That yeah. might, might not have been the case. But uh, I feel like a lot of that stuff in Disneyland is kind of out outdated makes it sound bad and obsolete, but outdated in the best way. Old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably, yeah, that's probably a better way. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Um, So I know you started in video games uh, and now you're here in this um, sort of very specific field. Did you Mm. ever, was this a, a dream of yours when you were growing up or becoming an artist? Did you think that this would be something that you would do or was it just something you kind of stumbled upon? Uh, when you were looking for work? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. I, the first time I ever went to a Disney park, I was uh, almost 16. Mm -hmm. So my family, I grew up in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So our family uh, had, we made a trip down to Orlando for Disney world. And that was, other than that, I'd been to amusement parks, Mm -hmm. but never a theme park. And Mm -hmm. that was amazing. I mean, it never even occurred to me that people had to design it. I was 16. So uh, but it was just kind of, I was amazed by that. And then and my, ever since then, my family, you know, we tried to come back. I came back about five years later, I guess. That was just kind of like, so that was the new gold standard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. These, these theme parks. Um, and so as I started studying illustration, I had wanted to get an illustration because of comic books. I wanted to make comics. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was my, if I were to pick an artistic goal as a kid, it would have been comics. But then as I got into Art school, started studying entertainment design, illustration. I started discovering, oh, this whole theme park thing is pretty great. And I had a couple internships after I graduated with different uh, theme park design studios and, and really enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, once I kind of got a taste of it, I, it's definitely something that appealed to me. So you actually studied entertainment design in school? I did, yeah. I went to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a degree in illustration with a focus in entertainment design. How how was going to school? Was it? Uh, I think we talked about. So I met. I actually met Tim early. Was it this year? Right? Was it just earlier this year? I think so I yeah, think it so. feels yeah, like when you went to Epcot. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was. In, it was a master of one meetup. Yeah, I think. At, yeah, uh, yeah. It feels like so long ago now, but I, I know. So a lot yeah. of this stuff I know. I think I drilled him on there. How was uh, going <laughs> to uh, art center? Like, was that rough? Was that a was that a difficult school? Yeah, but it's supposed to be. Right, I mean, sure. I, and I, I kind of had the benefit. I was a little bit older when I went there. I already had an English degree. So mm. I was I didn't ever really know that I could actually do art as a career. It's just something I enjoyed. And then after having six or seven majors and f- finishing an English degree, I realized, oh, okay, illustration is where I want to be. So I was, ew, how old was I? I was in my mid-20s, mid to late 20s when I went to Art Center. Okay, okay. Uh, so by then, you know, and I was already married. And while I was at school, we had our oldest kid. So that provided enough focus to be like, I'm not here to mess around. Right. I'm here to learn and work work hard because I need to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so that pressure definitely helped. And I think Art Center did a great job of applying its own pressure. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you know, it, it's a very professionally minded environment. And so they expect a lot out of you. They, they, they treat you like you're capable of it. And that can be hard for sure. Yeah. But uh, 
I don't think I could have progressed as quickly as I did without it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot about that school. I mean, art school in general, it, everyone has horror stories usually, but... Um, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that one in particular. Um, How did you end up at at Art Center? I mean, you said you grew up in Philadelphia. Yeah. Obviously, it's a well-known school, but what made you want to go all the way across the country? So I, uh, I got the art of... I believe it was... Oh, actually, I have it right here. The Art of Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it was the, the the prequel books, and I was looking through the back and uh, Doug just reading the bios of the Doug Chang yeah. and uh, Eric Tiemens and Ryan Church and like all those guys went to Art Center. So I'm reading these bios, and it keeps mentioning Art Center, Art Center, Art Center. And we took a vacation with some friends of ours to Disneyland and had an extra day. And I was like, that's kind of close to Pasadena, right? So we took a little side trip, and I visited the campus, and I was. Just, it was, it was interesting because I, having studied a bunch of different majors, I had never gone to an art school mm-hmm. and going to that school was just, it sounds cheesy to say I felt like I was going home, but it was like, it was kind of the sense of like, oh, this is what being immersed in art and design feels like. Right. And so I immediately started uh, preparing a portfolio to get in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say it was the Star, Star Wars prequels. At least something good came out of the Star Wars prequels <laughs> is that I discovered. <laughs> I would say though, those that especially the Phantom Menace book and all of that production, because yeah. they probably oh, the, were doing it for yeah. years. Um, yeah. But it's an amazing collection of stuff. Better than the film, oh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Those prequel books, the art books are yeah. amazing. There's they some are. amazing art in there for sure. Yeah. I don't know if it was just because they were like so in tune. It seems like there's so much more for those films than there was for the original yeah. trilogy. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I love those books. Um, so where do you stand then on school? When, when people, I'm sure you get this question a lot. When people ask you, do you have to go to school? I know you don't, no one has to do anything, but where do you sort yeah. of stand on that, you know, advice for kids that are looking at uh, art school? Cause it is super yeah. expensive too. You know, it, 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 I'm still paying for it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> No, and I, what I said a minute ago is that I, I don't think I would have progressed as quickly mm-hmm. had I not gone there. I, I'd like to think that maybe I would have gotten here eventually, but having that concentration of, you know, like I said, I was in my mid to late 20s. It was time for me to start a career. Right. And so right. I, I didn't, I didn't want to just kind of be self-taught and, and take forever to do that. Yeah. So I don't regret going. That being said, I don't know that I would recommend it because it is very expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, it's so abstract when you're first starting, but then mm-hmm. when you see, you know, as you go along in your career and you see the paycheck you're getting and how much is winding up in your bank account after that, yeah. and realizing like, I haven't bought a house yet. I have, you know, like <laughs> yeah. all this stuff, it's kind of like, it, it, it digs a really deep hole mm-hmm. and, uh, and for some people it's easier to get out of it than, than others. But, uh. Yeah, it's it's hard to I, it's hard to recommend because of that, honestly. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, like I always said, it, it like you learn some very you learn some skills for sure. Like I, you could even take sort yeah. of talent out of the equation, and I'm just like, it just right. kind of teaches you to like talk about your work with other people yeah, yeah. And, and like you know defend it or or not you know break down because they're tearing it apart and <laughs> right uh, yeah yeah that kind of stuff. I think is the like the best thing you can take away from it. Um, yeah, it's kind of the, the boot camp aspect mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Where it just kind of like you go through all those exercises and it toughens you up. And I and I've made honestly I've made some some of my best friends there, like whose 
whose uh, artistic opinion I appreciate more than anyone else because I know I know where they're coming from. I know that you know if I get feedback on some of my personal pieces, yeah, it's incredibly helpful. And honestly, I I probably have the job I do now because of Art Center. Mm-hmm. That I, I I have an instructor at Art Center who's an Imagineer. He knew somebody working at Universal Creative and kind of helped facilitate that. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously I had a portfolio i don't think it was entirely because of that but right, 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 right i made certain contacts through, right. through going to school there that have definitely helped yeah so well, school like that you definitely get some clout and um, yeah. networking obviously yeah hmm. um but i want to go back really quick i know you <clears throat> you mentioned building a portfolio to get into to get into school what did that look like not having any Garbage. specific instruction <laughs> Do you uh, still have any of that? Do you remember? Oh what, man, what, I what probably do. I I don't know. So I, I uh, I was going to school. Like I said, I finished my English degree. I went to Brigham Young University for my under for my first undergrad, I guess. Um, and I had started in their illustration program. By the time I realized I wanted to go to Art Center, and so I was taking some illustration classes and basically using those to put my portfolio together. So I had a couple instructors who kind of guided me on there and. Um, I just researched whatever I could to find out what kind of stuff they would look for in an art school. Mm. Um, honestly, I, and I don't know, looking at my portfolio, it's been years since I've looked at it, but I remember looking <laughs> at it being like, oh, how did they let me in? Like maybe they just had a quota to reach. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Jared, did you have to put one together? Do you remember uh, before you got into school? So I went to San Jose State, so it was a little bit different because you're like, it was a department within a department kind of thing. Like, so you, everyone mm. was a graphic design major and then you sort of emphasized an illustration. So okay. you could just start, you know, start taking the classes. But then when you wanted to transition to the illustration program, that's when you submitted a portfolio. Um, and it was just like a movie or something. Like they tack up a list on the wall of people. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. Like because it's like it's not a huge program, uh, so it's like all these people. Yeah. You know, sign up. This is then, also yeah. pre pre internet. Yeah. In the dark ages. Yes, this is the 1930s. Uh, so some of us had to go to war. <laughs> and all your paintings were in black and white. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we all wore hats. Very different time back then. <laughs> No. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good program. It wasn't like it was some like rinky dink program. It was a very professional program and and just terrifying. That's why I think if it's at San Jose state, if it's that scary, it must just be torture at some of these other schools as it, as it should be. Cause you're paying yeah. a, a thousand times more than we are for that. So, uh, so well, and that's kind of what it is in the field too. I mean, it's, it's very competitive field mm-hmm. to have a career in. So yeah. If you're not ready to face that kind of rejection or, you know, have somebody tearing apart your your work, then, yeah, that's a good sign that maybe it's not for you. So what's like the dream job for you or or maybe at the time when you were looking, when you were finishing school and your degree, did you want to work specifically in theme parks or were you thinking like film or like maybe film or, or like, yeah. you know, where did you want to yeah, go? Yeah, so... So Art Center does their entertainment design program does a great job, at least when I was there, of setting you up for video games, films, or theme park. Okay. Those are kind of the main venues for entertainment design. Um, and film is kind of the big show, right? Like everybody wants to get into film. It's it's way more competitive. There are unions and things that you have to yeah. get into for that. And also you'd have to stay in LA. And I, I loved living in Pasadena. It was great. But once my once I graduated, I'd have to start paying my loans back. Yeah. And it's really expensive to live 
in yes. Pasadena, Correct. in LA. <laughs> so I, I immediately decided to focus on on video games because that would be able to take me to a, a broader range of, of you know potential employers around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of that's why I, I went into games from from there. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's very logical. That makes sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to ask about. Let's start talking a little bit more about your work specifically. Um, you have a lot of different styles. Like, there's a couple that you have some very distinct styles. You think I think your Star Wars sort of the minimalist stuff was what I noticed mm-hmm. first uh, with your work. <clears throat> you do some very highly detailed things, sort of like your Dark Crystal thing, and then mm-hmm. uh, like the Roger Rabbit thing looks different than say the um, Thundercats one that you just uh, yeah. released. Um, does that come from? school does that come from the type of work you do where you're sort of asked to do probably a lot of different styles or approaches like where does that come from and is there one that you feel is like more you than the other i would say it's definitely because my my training in entertainment design they kind of teach you not to have your own personal style Mm. like it's not the artwork you do as a concept designer isn't about you it's it's whatever the ip is so you could be working on two i worked on the sims for several years Mm -hmm. That's a very different style than working on, uh, you know, a first-person shooter or something like that. And you know, to be the most useful illustrator designer, you have to be able to do all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, even going through school, I never really went through a phase where I had to find my own style. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be in the in the uh, you know fine art illustration side. It was very much that exploration of finding your own style, your own voice. And that was kind of beat out of us in the entertainment design. It was a lot more of a uh, industrial design kind of approach to mm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of doing this personal stuff has just been a constant quest for me of finding, finding a style. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 even then I tend to adapt what I'm working on to whatever the thing is. So sure. like the Roger right. Rabbit one you mentioned, that was a private commission. And they asked me to make it like an old film noir poster because mm-hmm. it's kind of a mm-hmm. noir movie. So that was, you know, I studied that genre of poster and kind of adapted it to that. So I, you know, I, I don't know that I have any particular style that I've found yet. Eventually, I'd like to, but right now, I guess I just kind of keep exploring with different pieces. It's of so idea. funny that you know every illustrator you ask, not every, but a lot of them tend to say that you know they don't see their own style. Yeah. But it's it's there. You know, it's interesting that. <clears throat> That seems to be a common response. <laughs> yes, uh, sometimes it just—it's just, it's just a, a smiling face and rosy cheeks, and, and you can call it a style. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> so I, I'm like looking at your work. I was looking at your work earlier today too, and so like I said, a lot of different styles—not a lot, but uh, there's a couple different styles you yeah. work in. Uh, you did this recent print with the cameras. Um, yeah. and you had done a previous piece with, the uh, the weapons, like guns, mm-hmm. where there's sort of these technical approaches, uh, almost like diagrams. Um, but yeah. where does, uh, where does that fit in on your spectrum? Like it's, it's, it's interesting to see how much you, you have to enjoy that to be able to do that, I think. So like, is yeah. that a, like a fun style for you to do? Yeah. So I, I've got a couple, I, I don't know if I, I did a series of, uh, Star Wars blueprints mm-hmm. also, some right. ships, some ship diagrams. Those I did with my dad. So he's a civil engineer. He does uh, uh, highway design. And uh, But for fun, he's a big model railroad uh, fan. Oh, he cool. builds his own stuff. But to learn AutoCAD, he decided to start drafting you know, his trains that, that he liked. So yeah. he's always had, either hanging up in the basement or his office at work, he's had these AutoCAD-drawn 
trains. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a time period he was between jobs, and I asked if he wanted to collaborate on a Star Wars project because he, he's kind of what who brought me into Star Wars. And so we collaborated on those. And so he did the, the CAD work, and then I did the illustrated side, and we kind of collaborated on that. So you know, maybe that's kind of where it comes from. It's that I just was always around kind of these technical drawings of my dad's stuff, and uh, I think some of that sunk in. I'm not. I'm not. Not to the level of an engineer. I'm not that precise. Sure. But uh, that's just kind of what I what I like about it. Maybe it's got to be one of the most adorable collaboration <laughs> stories. Uh, I've ever heard. I think that's like a dad <laughs> fantasy for absolutely everybody that's possibly listening. Who <laughs> my dad, who brought me into Star Wars, is collaborating with me on a print. Like these are sentences we've never heard our entire lives. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, and, and it didn't end in tears, which is what I would right. do if I tried to collaborate with my dad on like, I don't know, dinner, you know, like that would be, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, what, so, okay, well, let's talk about that just a sec. Like how, yeah. how was that process? I mean, were, were you, uh, you obviously have a good relationship with your father. Like, did you think mm-hmm. like, oh, this could be difficult or did you think, no, this was just going to be a fun project? No, my, my dad's a pretty easygoing guy. He's yeah. pretty easy to get along with. That's... So, uh, and he, he gets, it was really funny because I, I tend to get more into the minutia of Star Wars than most other, my, I, I have a couple of brothers who also get into like, I mean, like naming every character on the screen, that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, like yeah, get yeah. really into it. Um, and I wasn't sure how, if my dad would really get that into it. I mean, he, he's been into it. He's read all the books and stuff before we came along. So he was into it before us, but I, you know, uh, I was curious how it would go. Your dad we started read on the expanded show. universe. Is that what you're <laughs> I don't know how many of the expanded, but he read the, at least the novelizations okay. and kind of okay. like the behind the scenes stuff. Sure. But uh, as we were doing the ships, he, he, you know, we would collaborate and he's like, so which version of the, the Falcon should we do? Because there's this, and this, because <laughs> like each film, they're slightly different, like all this minutiae that oh I never gosh. even noticed. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'll, I'll let you choose kind of what, which he's got to assert himself as your father. I'm, yeah. so he's showing you the ropes. That's it. That's amazing. That is amazing. I'm going to assume you're either adopted or this is some kind of stepdad <laughs> because no, no father's son. I've never heard. No, if you saw, that. I look exactly like him. So no, I've, okay. I've tried to use either of those excuses, but no, no. That's so funny. So, so, um, but for you to do what you've done with those camera, like the camera thing, yeah. it, it seems very like uh, it's highly detailed and you probably have to really research the thing you do. Is that enjoyable for you to do that aspect of it? Yeah. And those I try to keep a little bit looser. I know they're really technical, but my, I made a rule for myself. No, no straight edges or rulers. Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. use some ellipse guides because I cannot draw an ellipse to save my <laughs> life. And when it comes to lenses, you kind of need ellipses. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I try to do it. it Try to just keep it kind of looser. Yeah. I just I wanted a, a drawing exercise, and uh, yeah, they were actually really fun to to draw. To kind of tread that line between loose illustration style, but still keep them tight enough. Because the thing I like about the cameras is just the the machinery and how intricate they are, and all the little parts and everything. So I wanted to make sure it still felt technical, but I didn't kill it by making it too precise. Right. Mm-hmm. So if there's a- if you had to point to one thing that like, is there a favorite piece of yours that you feel like either combines a lot of the sort of different elements of the, the things you do? It is so different. I, 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 
again, revisiting your work, I'm like, my gosh, I forgot he did that. Like I look at the Batman <laughs> piece that you just did. Fantastic. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Looks like oh, the show, thanks. but it looks like a personal take on it. Uh, but then, like I said, you look at the Dark Crystal or like um, uh, the, the Castle Black thing that you do. Very illustrative style, very detailed. Mm-hmm. Like, is there one in particular that you feel you like personally? Uh, definitely my Dark Crystal one. I, I'm... I was really pleased with how that turned out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys are the same way. If I look back at a piece that I, I remember being proud of and I look at it and like, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Right. Dark Crystal is one of those I can look back and be like, wow, I did that. Like, and that's, that sounds maybe really like full of myself, but I, I, I that is just like, everything kind of came together mm-hmm. really well with that one. Yeah. Um, and then the printing on the prints turned out great. And like, there were a lot of things beyond my control that made it look really good. I do. I do want to ask about that, like how you started getting into screen printing. So it sounds like you don't do your own screen printing, but it's still a difficult um, medium to even do art for because you are somewhat limited um, into what you can do. Yeah. What made you want to, I don't know, uh, get into screen printing um, as an illustrator? That was kind of the, my audience was asking for it. And I, I started working with uh, Hero Complex Gallery when they first opened. I think I was actually in their first show. And my first several pieces were digital prints. Mm-hmm. And Adam uh, at Hero Complex suggested, like, maybe getting into screen printing because that's more highly collectible. A lot of people kind of seek after that kind of thing. So I, I started looking into it then. And I my first couple... Like you said, it's really hard. It's hard to design for. You mm-hmm, have to right. you have to know what the process is before even coming up with a design, so you don't paint yourself into a corner, which I did for my first couple. I, I, I they were basically unprintable and didn't didn't quite turn out. So I decided to start learning to do it myself. So I do have a small setup in my garage oh, cool. that I've. So in fact, the, the the Star Wars blueprints that I did with my dad, I, I there's a few of those that I printed myself. To they were kind of my first ones. Um, and that helped immensely just to know really what they're going through. Um, right. if I could design it where I could print it, then somebody else could definitely print it. So that's kind of, I try not to design anything that I couldn't figure out how to print myself. Sometimes it comes down to just time and materials or size. I can't print over a certain size. Right. I let the experts do it, but that's what helped me the most probably getting into that is just trying to do it myself. Yeah. Ugh, sounds like a nightmare to me. Like I am so uninterested in printing. <laughs> I, I, another aspect of it is because I've worked digitally for forever. I sure. mean, I, I, I started when I was a kid, I you know, would hand draw with pen and ink and stuff like that. But then mm. once digital started becoming more prevalent, I got a, you know, the, uh, was it the Graphire? Was that the little, uh, the little uh, Wacom tablet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the early ones. You know, it was it, once I got that, it was like, Ugh, I don't need to get my hands messy anymore. And I, <laughs> and I started to miss that getting my hands messy. Hmm. And it was almost too too much in the computer. So I still do all my designs digitally, um, almost. But now I try to incorporate either print it myself or things like the cameras where I hand draw them and scan them in. Dark Crystal was one. One of the things I was most pleased about with that piece was that I did hand ink it. That was all... Each of those elements was drawn oh, wow. separately. I com- I put them together digitally, and to you know, because I didn't want to draw something that big. I started <laughs> I started drawing the crystal on a piece that big, and then I realized if I spill my ink bottle, like this whole thing is real. Over. <laughs> yeah. So after I did the crystal, I started doing the other pieces separate, just just for insurance. In <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was one that kind of incorporated the techniques I had learned when I first started drawing with kind of more modern digital stuff, mm-hmm. and then ultimately was printed. 
So I, I kind of like that back and forth. I like there being an analog portion to it. Mm. So interesting. I get messy sometimes. Um, so let's uh, before we wrap up here. I know we're, we're we don't want to take up too much of your time here, but how was New York Comic Con? And I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about cons. But how was it oh, this yeah. year in particular? Yeah, it was really good. Um, we had a good time. So, like I said, my my wife came to this one too. She's as I may have mentioned before, big into the the Netflix Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she started going to New York Comic Con before I did. Oh, wow. She got way into season one of Daredevil. First your went, dad. And then and the now. wife that goes to <laughs> Comic Con. What is happening right what now? Is, oh, wait till I t- tell you about my kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, New York was, was, it was fun. And it was, uh, I, my, my Batman piece was for that. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I, mentioned with my kids my kids are huge fans of that show yeah and uh i was gonna do a different i was i was gonna do a ninja turtles piece for new york comic-con boo and for for hero complex but then (laughs) i was almost i was done the drawing and then mondo announced their ninja turtles show (laughs) and Uh, i was like i'm not going up against that yeah (laughs) so i put that on the shelf and uh and as i was sitting there trying to figure out what i wanted to do batman was anime series was on the tv the kids were watching it and I was like, oh, if I did that, maybe my kids will think I'm cool. So, <laughs> and they do. They have it hanging on their wall. So nice. Well, that's that. amazing. But it, but it, you know, it seemed to fit for New York Comic Con also. Mm-hmm. So the timing of that kind of worked out. How well. many so, uh, cons do you do fun. a year? Are you do you do a lot of shows? No, I I've done Comic Con, uh, New York Comic Con with Hero Complex for the last three years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's real nice. They're they're great folks at the gallery. I don't know if you guys have, have met or talked to any of them. They're super nice. They're great. And it's nice uh, at a con working with them because I don't have to manage the booth. Mm-hmm. I can kind of come and go. I don't have to handle the money. And, you know, I can, when I get exhausted, I can just leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have tabled, I tabled at the Salt Lake Comic Con uh, a couple times when we lived out there. Mm-hmm. And that's, it was fun. It was a good con and it's exhausting yeah. to just, I mean, oh, you guys yeah. know, to just be on for however many mm-hmm. hours a day. And I, I like to think of myself as a more or less friendly person, but <laughs> keeping that going for, you know, fresh people, like having that make it make so many first impressions throughout the day right. can be exhausting. Yeah, That's probably the hardest part. I mean, nobody's going to come up to your booth and I've never, I've never had this experience where they walk up and like spit on you cause they hate your stuff. <laughs> sure. You know, like sure. if people are coming up to you, it's, they're saying nice uh, things. So I would say cons are great for your ego for the most part, Yeah, but it's, it's still, it's just exhausting. Yeah. We were yeah, just talking uh, about that. How like, it sounds like the biggest babyest thing to say like, Oh, it's so hard. I, know. Yeah. I have to talk all day, <laughs> but it is like, you're just exhausted and like you're, yeah. yeah and then you're somehow always sick at the end of it. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I went through so much hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you do you attend cons as an attendee or are you only on just the, go to the conventions just your wife. that you're going to exhibit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I usually go to MegaCon down here in Orlando. Mm. I've gone the last couple of times. Uh, and then I went two years ago and I'm going this year to DesignerCon just as an attendee. Oh, so, awesome. Um, we will that, be there. I'm so excited. I, so like I said, I went to that one once before two years ago. Back, I think it was the last time they did it in Pasadena. Mm. So I'm curious to see how it is in Anaheim now. But I loved that con. That was like my favorite thing about comic cons without the extra stuff, yeah. you know, like yeah. Yeah. All the, yeah. the horror booths and the crappy t-shirts and the knockoff posters and the, you know, like all the crap mm-hmm. that's at a lot of the cons. This was design con is just 
art and artists and I, yeah. So are so you, are you tabling or are you going with uh, no. hero complex or just attending? Nope. I'm just going, just going. Oh, wow. Awesome. Just, check it out. Good yeah. I, I would love someday to, to table there. I, I've kind of got these long-term plans that I never have time to follow through with, but I, I want to eventually <laughs> get a, a table there. Where I can sell toys and, and designs and stuff of my own. So, well, I know this guy who does squared co you should talk to him. He's terrible, but yeah. uh, he might be able to just get you in and get you some space there. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, uh, before we yeah, wrap up, I, 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 yeah. he mentioned Star Wars, and it's obviously a family thing. Uh, I just need to yeah. ask a few <laughs> Star a Wars thing. questions here. Uh, favorite sure, favorite it. film out of everything so far? Empire Strikes Back. Okay, no. I mean, are we counting classic trilogy? Yes, yeah. of course. No, okay. no question. Okay. Right, best one by yeah. far. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, I yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> where did you fall on the Last Jedi? I would have to say I'm still undecided. Okay. So that's for a me, good, safe so answer. I, <laughs> I'm just hedging my bets. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. There are some things about it I didn't enjoy. Okay. So I'm kind of like, I can rag on about half of it and then praise the other half. Sure. For me, it's going to come yeah. down to what they do with episode nine. Right. Is that, is that going to justify uh. him sidestepping all of the questions that Abram asked in seven? Mm-hmm. Because it was kind of like Abram's opened this whole thing. Right. And Ryan Johnson was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm yeah. going to do this thing over here. So as yeah. long as we get those answers and we get some, you know, something wrapped up, which is not Abrams strength, I would say, <laughs> uh, then it might make it so uh, Last Jedi was, was justified. So yeah. th- that's why I say undecided. Yeah. I'm hoping that it becomes a very well-rounded trilogy. Yeah. Um, because like you said... <laughs> I mean, I think we said this in our review too, but like, it was just such a like a departure from yeah. what it had. It was almost like a separate movie. It but just, it was they introduced the yeah. Uh, it was a it was mix. I think it was a mix. That was the hard part for me. Like there were some things that were very not Star Wars, and other things where I'm yeah. like, yes, this is fantastic. This is kind of what yeah. we wanted to see. Well, so yeah, and I think stylistically, it's one is one of those things. So like Rogue One, I love Rogue One. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite of all of the newer ones, and that stylistically is just a branch off of New Hope, which is great. I, I mean that in the best way. Right, right. And I think most people, including myself, kind of ragged on Episode Seven because it was a remake of a New Hope, where it was like, okay, we do like this, but let's show something different. And then Ryan Johnson did that, and everybody's like, "Oh, I don't like different." Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think I think what, it, and I remember from the, the one of the opening shots of Last Jedi, where they they kind of zoom in on the uh, on the fleet, right? They're they're leaving, mm-hmm. and I, it's the first time I can think of where you see a pilot talking from outside the cockpit because it's always been the cameras inside the cockpit. Mm. There are little stylistic things like that where the, they, those bombers were shot completely differently than they've ever shot. Uh, you know, any other starfight, starfighter battles, mm. the, the, a lot of the stuff was, was very different. And it, it was, my immediate thought was, well, this isn't Star Wars. This isn't my Star Wars. But it took me a while to realize I, what I think is that Johnson was going back and looking at the same sources that inspired George Lucas. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Lucas looked at old World War II footage and that was his interpretation of it. And this was Johnson's, Johnson's same thing. And, and uh, Lucas looked at old uh, Kurosawa Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm mm-hmm. hearing myself. Okay. Uh, old old samurai movies and stuff like that. And that was his interpretation of those. And this was Ryan Johnson's interpretation of the same source. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like 
he's inspired by the same thing Lucas was rather than being inspired by, by Lucas. Lucas. Right, right, right. right. I think and, I and I, and I, and I do appreciate that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably gonna have to add all this out. Cause once I get started on star Wars, I will not stop. So, <laughs> well, I think we're gonna, we're gonna have to bring you back for a star Wars episode. Cause I think you and Don Clark, yeah. uh, we could probably go on for about eight yeah. hours on this, uh, uh real probably, quick then, yeah. uh, solo, yeah. where did you fall with solo? I enjoyed it. Okay. I, I don't know that it was completely necessary. Wasn't perfect, but it was fun. Okay. Very good. Jared, why do you love Solo so much? I just, well, it's just exactly what you said. Why? Because it was fun. <laughs> like, I was, part of me was sort of dreading the film, more so than I think I even yeah. said on here. And and because <laughs> it didn't annoy me to the extent that I was worried it was going to, uh, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, it was fine. Like, they, they held back maybe too much. But it was like where I thought they were going to go off the rails and be like too jokey yeah. or too silly. Like they didn't. And I thought, oh, yeah. OK. So like by the time I watched it for the second and third time, I'm like, this is actually a lot of fun. And, you know, take the Harrison Ford aspect out of it. And, and it's easier yeah. to enjoy. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's the only that's really the big thing for me is I don't I I said it before, I think. It should have just been a new character. Same movie, yeah. just a different character. Well, I wish they didn't start with Solo. Because, like, Rogue One is, like, the first one, but it's a uh, it's abstract. Yeah. It's not based on something we know too much about. Right. Uh, so to take yeah. to need, start they, with Solo seemed like, ugh, maybe we, we started with something else, uh, something a little Well, easier. maybe they felt bad for killing him. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that, that movie has some real deep cuts as far as uh, like Easter eggs and things like mm. that. Like if you've read any expanded novel books or watched mm-hmm. all the cartoons. I've been told. Have, yeah. They're they're And they're much more subtle than Rogue One. Yeah. I love Rogue One. But there are a couple of like, you know, fan service moments in that or like the lingering oh, yeah. shot on the blue milk. Or in, I, uh, I saw that Ponda with Jared. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah. walk like, by each other. Uh, um, <laughs> immediately I just look at him like, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just way too like obvious. Yeah, yeah. So Solo was a lot more subtle with that, and I think most people probably won't even pick up on them unless they've seen mm-hmm. it. Well, that's what I've heard. I did. I did show. more yeah. reading on it than I did the actual expanded universe. But people were saying, "Oh, yes, this is referencing a certain ship that yeah. was in another thing, or yeah, um, right, or Lando's but it didn't talking." Lean on it. Yeah, right. You didn't have to. Yeah. It was just like background uh, talk, which is yeah. which is the best kind yeah. of Easter eggs, exactly. I think that yeah. there are. Okay, we're definitely going to have to have you back then for, like, you're hardcore, and, like, I always think I'm hardcore, but then, like, you must be really good at the trivia, right? Like, Well, unless, yeah, but you get in that situation, and then you're always up against people who know it more. What? So it depends oh, on the crowd, but gosh. yeah. Yeah. I was, so, when we had The Last Jedi review, my friend Ray, who is a big Star Wars guy, he and his brother and, like their whole group of friends went to a bar to do yeah. some Star Wars trivia that they invited <laughs> me to. And like there, I, so I know that I only know movies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there is so, it is much deeper than yeah. the movies. It's like, I was, I was embarrassed yeah. with my lack of knowledge. But it, like we were just talking things. about it, like even within the movies, like I bet Tim can tell us what was the uh, trash compactor number that they're in. You love going I, back to that. Because question. it's a hard one. Like yeah. those are the yeah. ones where I think, <laughs> Oh, I know star Wars. And then someone asks, I go, Oh yeah, yeah right. I don't know. I you don't know. know. It's like I can, it's so funny. Cause I see the whole scene going on, you know, Luke's yelling into CPO, yeah. turn off. Yeah. The Three, blah, blah, blah. two, seven. Seal, we've already tried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Yes. 
let's let's yes, uh for let's sure. wrap up here before we get too crazy um but before we do i want to say thank you to our guest tim anderson um if you guys aren't already following him we will leave links to how you can check out all of his work and get in contact with him in our show notes um but i did have a great time getting to know you finally yeah, and um now i'm just not only jealous of your work but also your family um, oh i know crazy he's living living the life he's making it all up he's just making it up as he goes that's what it's it's just just a couple of mannequins i have and i call him dad and i call him yeah (laughs) oh man if only that were true um so tim before we let you go though anything coming up that you want to uh promote or say or shout out to uh, I will I will hint at in my own personal work. I'm I'm right now working on a follow up to my Thundercats piece. Very good. Uh, it'll oh, be a licensed piece, yes. oh. so I'm not. I don't know how much I can say going into it. That's exciting. But, uh, yeah, I have the power to finish it. I hope. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very good. Um, that's perfect. Yeah, that's probably yeah. Uh, oh, uh, your Batman piece. Yes. Can we get to APs from you? Can you get a piece? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be at Decon, right? Yeah. Oh, very <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. I was actually trying to promote it for you to sell to other people, but I'll take that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's at my website. It's uh, timothyandersondesign.com. Very good. Uh, awesome. So there's a link to my shop there. I've got some APs left. Uh, yeah. And is your right. uh, so we will- is your son still providing prints along with that? Yes. 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 So <laughs> he... I, he uh, he, we went through all the ones that he signed, but he'll be signing more this week Fantastic. for uh, my <laughs> next week's shipments. Fantastic! Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is every single one of those an original? Or are you making copies? No, I, I made copies of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, That's I have the original of it. He would probably make originals if I asked him to. He, my kids are so much more prolific than I am. They write like three books a day and like comics and like they're they're nuts. I can't keep up with them. Yeah. I don't know where he got this family, but yeah, luck out, man. <laughs> And now I'm uh, just trying to exploit them for all their work, selling my kids' artwork, there, getting my there. dad to do half my work Good for man. me. There you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, that's it. We will see you.